I'm Kyle Webb. And I'm his brother, Nathan Webb. And you're going to be listening to our podcast today. Two Brothers in a Review. That's right. Right now we are live on the Zoom. It's Nathan, me, and... My good buddy, war veteran, Adam House. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, there he is. <laughs> Everybody bear with us, we're uh, new to all this, but um, you want to go ahead and plug the Instagram to start us off, Kyle? Yeah, it is the at sign, two bros in a review, you go ahead and uh, just go ahead and click on that follow button, share everything, tell us what you think. We were supposed to be live on Instagram, but we had some issues, so we're doing it this way. Um, but as far as the podcast goes, you can listen to us week our weekly reviews on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and several other platforms. If you can't find us on a particular platform, just message us, let us know which one, and we will see what we can do to get us on there. Yeah, that sounds good. Awesome. Oh, another thing about the podcast real quick. Uh got to remind everybody to give us a review we review everything for you weekly so if you could just review us um you got to go over there to the apple podcast it's a little purple icon um subscribe if you haven't already scroll down to write a review and click on five stars give us five star review write whatever you want you hate us you love us doesn't matter just just help us out so with that little rough start i guess we can go ahead and um get into it we don't have any housekeeping because we're doing this special thing we'll have housekeeping for the shining on the next episode yeah. what are we what are we reviewing today house this is uh mask of the red death this is uh we're so from the beginning we look at it's uh from edgar Allan poe uh, a lot of people probably know who he is one of the most famous american authors uh, early 19th century, you know, it's actually kind of an interesting time because he wrote this uh, short story. It's only like 2,600 words. Uh, takes maybe 15 minutes to read the, the actual short story. Uh, it was published in 1842. You know, it's this time right between the American Revolution and War of 1812 and between that and the Civil War. So it was kind of a, you know, long past now, but uh, it was adapted to um, it was adapted to film uh, by Charles Beaumont and Robert Wright wrote the screenplay for the 1964 movie that we're talking about today, Mask of the Red Death, starring Vincent Price, obviously uh, a classic horror movie actor. Uh, a lot of people are going to know who he is too, I guess. So. Um, yeah, so that's that's it, man. Mask of the Red Death. I thought this was really fitting for 2020 during a pandemic. Um, this picture right here actually is uh, a graphic piece that was drawn uh, in 1919. So you know the the Mask of the Red Death was already what you know 80 almost 80 years old or whatever by then. Uh, but during the Spanish flu through the years 1917 through 1919, uh, the story from Edgar Allan Poe, Mask of the Red Death, uh, gained a lot more interest again, you know, during that pandemic, the Spanish flu. So, again, I just thought it was uh, an interesting um, old classic horror movie 
to cover during this time period right now. So thought it was fitting again. I appreciate you guys having me on. I've enjoyed your uh, your podcast so far, and uh, it's it's an honor to be with you and do this. It's fun stuff, man. I appreciate you guys. Good to hear that you listen, and I appreciate you uh, being on and reaching out to me to to do this. And I'm glad Kyle agreed. I know he's not a big fan of of the older ones. We'll get to that, I'm sure, but. Uh, you you already mentioned something I had in my notes, and that's how it was a perfect pick for the uh, current COVID era that we're living in with the plagues and everything. Um, so I'll scratch that out of my notes. But speaking of notes, I got to say I'm rather aggravated. Kyle already knows this. I watched the movie Friday night, and I took notes. I always take notes on my phone while I watch it. Well, then I when I went later when I went to bed, I thought of something I wanted to add in my notes. So I pulled out my phone. I went to add it, and I accidentally deleted it with my big stupid thumb. Oh, no. So I, <laughs> I spent the last, like, two hours going back and trying to remember all the notes and re-watching parts of the movie just so I can get the right stuff. So I'm probably missing some stuff, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I should let you know that I am live on Facebook, just so, so that way if we get some other people to kind of watch. I, pretty much I have it zoomed in on the three pictures of us not zoomed out to where you see the one person talking but it's just the three pictures of us and then i've got it on my computer so i can see if people comment so that way nice comments and everything i like it i like it they're gonna make it a little more easy to kind of respond to everything and still go live on facebook i guess i could have just went live on instagram um adam you already uh kind of did it for me but i'll go ahead and do my thing that i do every week and give a little rundown of the movie uh, the Mask of the Red Death is a 1964 horror film directed by Roger Corman, starring Vincent Price. The story follows a prince who terrorizes a plague-ridden peasantry while merrymaking in a lonely castle with his jaded courtiers, I guess is how you say it. Uh, the screenplay was based upon the 1842 short story American author, uh, by the American author Edgar Allan Poe. All things that you've already said, but I just wanted to, to hit it again. Um, I, normally we include the budget and the rating upon release. I couldn't find either one of those anywhere. Do you happen to know any of that information, Adam? No, man. That's, uh, that trivia is a little beyond my pay grade. <laughs> I didn't get into it that far. Gotcha. Okay. Um, one thing I did come across, the film was shot in England. Um, it took five weeks. And by making it a British production with the British crew, the production got a government sti- uh, subsidy. So, uh... Dan Haller, Haller was used as a production designer, but not credit, credited to ensure the film qualified as British. Same thing for the uh, producer-director, Roger Corman. It was given to somebody else, but he's actually the one that did it. So, Cool. So what did you, what'd you, what'd you think, Kyle? Let's, let's hear yours first. Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. I started watching it, and I ended up going like just going to bed and then i went back the next day and finished watching it from where i was i i'm not really into the older movies i really uh i guess it's my age but i just i don't know we like what we like it's all right i did like i mean i like how how edgar Allan poe does everything i just the cheesiness of it was just if it was remade, I'm, Brittany was watching it with me, and she goes, I'm surprised no one has remade this yet. It actually was remade, I think, in the 80s. That will be for housekeeping next week. 
but it wasn't as popular. 1989. 89, okay. Yeah. But it wasn't as popular as, as this one, I don't think. Yeah, I think they need to remake it now. Remake it. Rob Zombie remake? Yeah, Rob Zombie can remake anything. He can remake like fucking SpongeBob when I watch that shit. <laughs> you know that's a that's a good point, and it really would not surprise me to see it remade again now. Because, like I said, you know it it was popular when it came out. Uh, it regained popularity during the Spanish flu, and it has you know it, it's been talked about this year too. So uh, there's been a lot of uh, blogging and things that have mentioned it this year. And so there's renewed interest again, and yeah, man, some somebody with a good budget that knows what they're doing needs to remake this thing again for sure. Yeah, I'm, and that's that was just like my biggest thing, and like I don't know that I'll tell you the weirdest thing to me was did they not have a female midget? Yeah, that that was a child that played that role, and it was obviously yeah. supposed to be a, a female midget. Yeah, I I thought that was a little odd too, but. It is what it is. It was a grown woman's voice. <laughs> with the, yeah, with the dub. <laughs> right. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and that was, um, I'm trying to, trying to get out of this right here for a second. Sorry, I lost, I lost my train of thought. Um, so the, the, that actress, her name was uh, Verena Greenlaw that played Esmeralda, Esmeralda, the child dancer that was, you know, supposed to be grown though. But, um, she from apparently, you know, I couldn't find a whole lot of movies that she played in. Uh, apparently she, she was basically just a child actor. She did a handful of movies in the early sixties. And then that was pretty much it. I, I couldn't find anything that she did after that. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, little, it's little person, not midget. We're going to get so much hate. But <laughs> or dwarf, the people with dwarfism is that appropriate? I, I, I'm not sure. I think either. the <laughs> politically correct or however you say it is little person now. Little person, which to okay. me that All seems right. more offensive, but it is what it is. I, I want to be respectful, but yeah. And they, well, so the uh, the male that was dancing with her, or you know, her companion that was Skip Martin, uh, played the part of Hop Toad. And what I found on Skip Martin was that he actually did, you know, several movies uh, over the course of a lot of years. He was one of these guys that, like, he would do a movie or two, and then he'd go off and do something else for for a few years, and then he might come back and make another one. Um, everything that I read about him was that, that he was considered to be extremely underrated. That he was actually a really accomplished actor, but there just wasn't a whole lot of roles uh, for a person, you know, a little person right. at that time in, in movies. So, you know, actually it was a pretty good role for him. And, and honestly, I thought he was one of the better actors in yes. the 64 version. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, he Agreed. Did. He had a short role in the movie, you know. Ah, but it... no, I, that, that's one of the people that I thought like acted good. Like when he lit, lit dude on fire, I was just like, yes. <laughs> well, uh, I like to, to break things down a little bit when it comes to, like, the way things are shot, because I'm a little bit of a movie maker myself, as are you, Kyle. Um, the opening scene with the old woman walking, that was very eerie, and it's because of the way they did, they did it. Like, the dark clouds, obviously, the fog, and the slow, suspenseful music, but the tilted terrain also. Like, in the very beginning, the camera is like this, so it seems like the terrain is tilted. That just adds to that, like 
creepy aesthetic, and I loved it. That was something that Edgar Allan Poe was good at doing, was capturing what he was trying to film. You mean write? Poe's the poet. I know what you meant. (laughs) But, like, it... I don't know. It just seemed like everything... Like, as far as the movie, one thing I, I didn't understand, why they didn't explain the other ones... Like, you know, at the, at the end of the movie, there's, like, a, a blue one, a yellow one, a white one, and a black one. I, uh, I actually did some of my research because I was curious myself, um, and I've got, I've got that information. I can hit you all with it now if you want, or we can wait and we can circle back to it. What do you, what do you want to... I mean, we're already talking about it, you might as well. Okay. <laughs> um, so, t- tell me, stop me if you already know this, Adam. Um, they were all symbolic, uh... Color, they're all colors of death that were symbolic, and they each were representing a Middle Ages disease. So, uh, the black one was the Black Death, which was, I think, like the biggest plague that we've ever experienced, if I'm, if I'm right about that. Uh, the golden one is supposed to represent leprosy. The violet was uh, porphyria, if I'm saying it right. Porf- I think it's porphyria. Uh, the blue death was cholera. The yellow death was the yellow fever. White death is tuberculosis, and the red death is actually rabies. So, yeah, I I actually didn't know that. Uh, I kind of wondered about that myself. I didn't find any information on that. But you know, I think this is a good place to mention, though. Uh, again, the short story that was written in 1842 was uh, was only you know, like I say, 2,600 words. And so it's it can it's short it can be read in 15 minutes, and so this movie really took a lot of liberties with the story and the plot and like right. there's a whole lot of this movie that that's just concocted for uh, for the screen and that's that's one of the things that was added by uh, by the screenplay writers. Right. Well, see, knowing that 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 makes the movie like a lot better in my uh, opinion. Yeah. Uh oh, we're we're losing you again, Adam. No, I got. Yeah, I got you. We lost Adam again, though. His he gave me a heads up. His his internet for whatever reason on Zoom calls is a little little shoddy, so he goes in and out. But he'll be he'll be back here in a second. <laughs> um. <laughs> Train thought lost. Yeah. So okay, uh. <laughs> but yeah, knowing knowing what he just said, and, like you know about how the screenplay, you know, that makes the movie that much better from in my opinion. Gotcha. Like that's the way I, I think about it. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I don't like this. It's only showing me now. Am I am I still there? Yeah, you, no, I mean for the live video because it, oh. it was focused on the three pictures. Gotcha. I guess I gotta just zoom out. It's gonna be a big old picture of you. So, the second scene of the movie, I'll just go ahead and get back into it. After I was talking about the old lady, um, and after she's hit with the red death. Hey, welcome back, Adam. Sorry to keep dropping out like that, guys. My internet doesn't like Zoom sometimes (laughs) for some reason. Do you remember what you were saying? Yeah, so um, I was pointing out that uh, Edgar Allan Poe had actually 
apparently during his life, he discouraged people from trying to read too much into the stories, uh, not to not to look at them so much as an allegory or anything, but just to kind of take them as face value uh, as his attempt to write horror fiction. And, you know, there has been an awful lot said about the Mask of the Red Death, though, and there's definitely some things that can be seen as an allegory there. You know, there's that, the clock, uh, the ticking time, time is ticking away. Right. And then in the, in the actual short story, every time the clock would come around to the hour and, uh, you know, it was a big clock that would chime on the hour and whatnot, every time that it would come and chime on the hour everybody would stop right and and you know it was like this you know this thing a reflection of being reminded that that death will come someday you know and and then immediately they go back to partying again and trying to forget you know that uh someday you're gonna die and that kind of thing so people have definitely you know taken some of that as an allegory but Poe himself, you know, like I say, he cautioned from trying to read too much into it. And then, of course, in this 64 film, um, you know, they added the plot. You know, there in the original story, there was none of the, like, Christianity and Satanism. And, right. Uh, you know, they didn't even really talk about religion in the original story. So, again, that's something that was just this film. Uh, that went in that direction with it as well. I, so. I think it really needed it, though. I mean, I don't know how it would have been pulled off if they didn't use the, the Christianity and the Satanism aspect, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah. Um, but what I was saying before you, you uh, came back was the second scene after the old lady gets hit with the Red Death. Um, it had me saying damn, they're just going to trample over this little kid because they, they pull up or whatever and the guy has to swoop in and, and grab him. So I was thinking, yeah. damn, what, that's that's a good start to the movie already. Um, <laughs> but then I, then I literally realized literally moments later that they just give zero fucks. At that point, I was like, all right, I get it now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you see when he grabbed the little little kid how realistic that looks <laughs> i know right <laughs> it probably was there was no cgi back then <laughs> i loved it dude i was like yes this is what movies started from like, yeah it's, it starts out pretty hardcore and right and all in general you know some of the themes in that movie uh, like you referenced the uh the uh the actor uh patrick mcgee that played um alfredo you know he gets he gets burned up in the gorilla costume and like that's that's pretty hardcore stuff, I, I know, right? think, for 1964. Yeah, so. yeah. L- listen to this Adam out here bringing depth to our podcast. We're just normally two <laughs> clowns, like, talking shit, but he's in here bringing depth and shit. <laughs> I'm usually the hater. I'm like the hater. Like, everybody knows. <laughs> he's not the hater. He, he came... <laughs> I'm sure you listened to it, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He was hating on that, but then he came around at the end, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's another good classic movie. Oh, uh, Patrick McGee. I was just mentioning him. Uh, something else uh, people might recognize him from is the Clockwork Orange. Um, yeah. I did. I that was something I thought was interesting. I was looking into what else these actors had done and whatnot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and of course everybody knows about Vincent Price playing in all kinds of movies during that era. Right. But Vincent Price played in a couple of my favorite classic horror movies. Besides this one, uh, 
also by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, when I was a kid, I remember watching House of Wax for the first time. And, you know, like his face, uh, as the person, you know, like later in the movie, like that was one of the scariest things I ever saw when I was a kid watching <laughs> TV, you know. Um, and then uh, the Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah, that's another another one another, that was another Poe, that yeah. was really good adapted from Poe. Yeah, you say how you said House of Wax, and I don't know why, but it brought me to to our brother Corey. He has as TRG Network those random guys plug it every time. <laughs> yeah, they were they were live earlier, or I think no, they were talking about their podcast about their Halloween special, and they were saying how the House of Wax was one of the movies that scared them the most, and I'm like. Like man, I gotta go back and watch that because I remember really liking that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You bringing it up, I'll just brought it to my attention. So when uh, the prince comes riding in, almost killed that little kid, and then he's got the two down on their knees, and he says says to my girl Francesca, "One must die. Which one?" Damn! Like, why you gotta do my girl like that? <laughs> Her father or her lover. Right. You know, who are you going to kill? Yeah. I, again, you know, that's pretty hardcore themes, right. man. Yep. What would and you th- do in that situation? Like, your, your <laughs> mother or your, you know, like, I know who you two is, but... <laughs> that's, that's one of those uh, would-you-rather game questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. That's... I don't know what you, I, I, you know what, I, what I'll say right now is that I'm a single guy right now and my mom is still alive. I'm going to say I'll pick my mom. Oh, shit. <laughs> she can live. <laughs> I love mom. Mom's the best. There you go. Hopefully she's watching. Hi, Miss House. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this probably isn't a good segue, but since we were just talking about Francesca, let's forget about your mom. I got to be the uh, horny male that I am every time and point out that uh, Francesca was looking pretty hot. Even as a peasant, I was like, damn, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she was in the bathtub, I thought she was going to like lift up. and I I was hoping uh, for it, but... <laughs> um, and she actually, she's 74 now, and uh, she don't look too bad. I like Juliana the most. I thought she was high. Say what? Yeah. Was it Juliana? Yeah. 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 They, I, I mean, she was high. all all the females for a change, other than the the little uh, the little person, I would say was pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were devil worshippers, so <laughs> that's that's another thing uh, that happens in this podcast every time, Adam. Is my brother who does not have a law law degree somehow manages to, to lawyer me every episode, and right there <laughs> that was won by bringing up the fact that they're all devil worshippers. So, I thought that was pretty cool, like how he was like, he was like, oh, is it, what's this necklace? And you know, like, are you do you follow your faith? He's like, yeah. He goes, take that shit off. You're not wearing it in my house. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We got three viewers on the live. What's up, viewers? <laughs> I would like it to be 3,000, but, I mean, it is what it is. We'll get there, right? And I think we lost Adam again. <laughs> yes. Well, while we wait for him to come back, uh, the film, it relies heavily on jump scares. Um, 
mainly attached to the music, the blood and the gore, uh, or blood and gore and ghostly creature monsters are like more what we're used to today. What's up? I said hi, wife. Both of our wives said hello. <laughs> oh, hi, Erica. I'm not. I'm not a uh, on that. So, but yeah, the movie relies on on the jump scares, opposed to like the the blood and gore and the monsters and everything I that we see today. Um, I want. I actually, I want him to come back because I have a question. Not really a question, but he can probably elaborate more on because he's he's pretty musical himself, and I've got a a thing to say about that. So I guess I'll just wait for him to come back. <laughs> I like I like him him being on the areas. Hey, it's Adam again. What's up? Um, so when you when you left, I brought up the fact that the movie relies heavily on jump scares, opposed to like the the monsters and the blood and gore and stuff of today's films and whatnot. Uh, but they attach it the jump scares to the heavy suspenseful music. Um, and because you're more of, of a musical type individual than I am, you might be able to elaborate more. On what I'm, um, my light just went off. Hold on. Technical difficulties. Anyways, you might be able to elaborate more because what I'm what I'm about to say is going to sound kind of silly, but uh, I'm actually just going to read it if you give me a second. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> prior to like when movies started ramping up with soundtracks and using more music rather than just sound effects and and that such, um, this one used like the swirly. Sounding music. That's why. That's why I want you to elaborate on. Like you know, I'm talking about the swirl. Like when there's chasing going on, yeah. or just throughout the movie, there's like a swirling kind of music. What? 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 What is that? You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. I. I mean, I, I don't know that I really have anything, you know, and too enlightening. Other than just the fact that that it is noticeable. Like you yeah. say, you know, it, it it is noticeable, and uh, a lot of soundtracks from that era are kind of like that too. You know, the other Vincent Price movies and, and horror movies and stuff, I've noticed that, that too. It's, it's definitely a big part of the movie. Yeah. Right. But you know, I, I would, what I would really rather comment on though, is uh, right before I got dropped this last time, uh, we were talking about the, 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 the element of the religious stuff in the movie. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is, um, when uh, when Prince Prospero takes Francesca down into the dungeon and they say something to the effect of she she asks him, is this what your your master Satan that demands of you that you treat people like this in a dungeon like this that you keep people here and you torture them and you know is this is this part of your religion and he and he, comes back he doesn't answer her directly he just comes back and he says well this castle was actually built by christians and and it was uh this uh this dungeon was meant for people uh that that didn't toe the line of the church during the inquisition you know got him. so it's like <laughs> yeah i got you there you know <laughs> well but then there's an, another really interesting it's kind of a little more of a tangent issue uh, but as a musician, one of the things, and, and as a, as a, uh, Muay Thai practitioner, um, you know, one of the things that I, I've learned in Muay Thai is that, uh, you know, there's this scene, let me go back and reference the scene first. They, they're having a sword fight in the, in the dungeon. You probably remember the sword fight. Yep. 
Francesca's boyfriend or whatever, and Gino. her dad, they're supposed to fight each other, and, and of course the boyfriend, he doesn't want to fight or whatever, but then they coax him into it, they keep, you know, they like cut him and whatever, and so then he starts fighting back, and he gets good at it, and he kind of gets the best of the guy that was trying to teach him, and Vincent Price, or Prince Prospero, speaks up and says something to the effect that uh, the the uh, the greatest sword fighter is not scared of the second greatest sword fighter as much as he would be uh, an untrained sword fighter because that would be unpredictable. And I've you know I've experienced that, that kind of rung true with me. It really stood out right. to me because you know I've I've sparred with a lot of people in my Muay Thai training, and that's that's a uh, something that you'll come across quite a bit. You know if you get somebody that's been trained. Uh, in a certain school for so long, they are kind of predictable, right? You know, and and so sometimes it's it's the person that that doesn't really know exactly what's uh you know the traditional way to go that that can kind of throw a monkey wrench in there sometimes. So a bit of a tangent, but okay. but it was kind of an interesting scene to me. Well, that brings up a couple things. So um, let me let me hit this real quick. That. We we're talking about the the sword fight. I loved the match cut transition, which where uh, Prospero throws the dagger down to the woman to kill herself. It focuses on the dagger falling, and then match cut transition. It goes to the sword on the on the ground. Again, as a movie maker myself, I love seeing things executed like that. I thought that was really really sweet. Did you pick up on that one, Kyle? Yeah, no, I, I did. I don't I said that I, I didn't like it at the beginning, but it's like... See? See? Told you. From, from, what, from what House has said and everything, I'm, I'm thinking more on to the whole movie. Like, right, yep. Movie. Um, <laughs> and then uh, another thing that you were, you were talking about that with the sword fight thing, um, it's a trope. We At the end of the thing, I introduced Kyle to tropes. I don't know if you know, you know what movie tropes are, Adam? Okay. Um, movie tropes are basically common things that reoccur in movies. Um, consistently, horror is big with with tropes. Uh, one of the th one of the tropes I got a few of them. I'll get to those later. But you already mentioned one now, so I'm gonna bring it up. It's called instant expert. So Gino, he had never fought before in his life, but now he picks up a sword and he's suddenly skilled. So that he's an instant expert because it's a it's a movie trope. Um, and then back to the religion. I, I just wanted to to go to this uh, nearing the end of the movie. Prospero is uh, before he's killed. The Red Death, uh, he says, each man creates his own god for himself, his own heaven, and his own hell. I thought that was an interesting take on religion, and I wanted to, without delving too far down the religious ra rabbit hole, because that's a whole other podcast, um, what did you guys think of that statement? It's pretty much... It's deep, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly what he says, like... You know, everyone creates their own heaven and hell. That's the way I portray it, like, from what he says. Like, shit, who am I to tell you that there isn't a heaven or hell? I'm just a person that I'd rather see it to believe it than have faith in something that I don't see. Gotcha. How about you, Adam? Yeah, I, I actually found that to be one of the, uh, the most... You know, like, the, the whole movie kind of turns on a few phrases here and there sometimes. And to me, that that was one of the def def 
definitive statements in the whole movie um, because you did in the movie version of this story, you did have this addition uh, of this Christian versus Satanism um, kind of dynamic going on. And throughout the story, you know, we're getting the impression that, oh, well, you know, these people's Christian faith is not going to be able to protect them from, uh, from the plague, the Red Death. And then, but also you've got the, the Satan worshipers in the castle that are trying to quarantine themselves and, and uh, you know, they think that they've protected themselves. And obviously there's the, the conversation between Prospero and, and uh, the Red Death in human form, you know, where, where basically Prospero figures out, or he's told, you know, almost verbatim that, you know, it's, you're not saving yourself either, you know? So it's like, you can throw in with God or you can throw in with the devil. It doesn't matter. The red death is coming and it's going to get you too, which is another. Uh Oh, no, we lost him. <laughs> we'll have to come back to that. I need to, I, like, I was thinking about this while he was talking about it. Um, is he supposed to be a vampire? Who Prospero? Yeah. No, he he's just he's just a simple human. Well, he's a prince, but he he's he's just a human and a devil worshiper. So there oh, there was there were no monsters in in this one. Once you bust into the room to the black room, he's in a, he's sitting there in a casket. Yeah, that's that's a common um common uh whatever you want to call it Satanist are. Like vampires, I guess, but he's not meant to be a vampire. No, you back at him. Yeah, go ahead yeah, and pick up where yeah, you. Yeah, okay. So, and then just one other point there on that. Uh, there's some very powerful language used in the short story that is repeated in the movie, uh, and that's when they say that the Red Death comes as a thief in the night. Now, you know, somebody that comes from the background, like I was raised in religion and in Christian church. Uh, that's a huge theme throughout the Christian mythology uh, about, um, you know, the second coming of Christ or the end of the world, the end of days, end of time, uh, judgment day, you know, and that nobody can escape it. It's, it's eventually going to come. And so using that language that the red death co comes as a thief in the night, uh, you know, just elevates again, the red death to heaven, more power than than anything else and uh actually one of the last lines of the short story uh is an extremely famous phrase one of the most famous phrases that edgar Allan poe ever wrote uh and they actually throw it on the screen at the end of that movie and man i don't want to i don't want to misquote it right now but um says something to the effect that that the red death held illimitable power and dominion over uh, over the land, and uh, that word illimitable, uh, you know, obviously you look at it and you say, well, that means they couldn't limit it. You know, no matter right. what they did, they couldn't limit the effect of the Red Death. And I've, what I found, I looked up the word, and it doesn't look like that was even a word. So Edgar Allan Poe apparently invented the word illimitable, and that I've not even been able to really find it used in literature since then either hmm. so but you know i think i'm gonna i'm gonna start using the limitable 
yeah, if, I can, if I can say yeah. it. <laughs> a little bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Prince Pospero is, is evil, Satanist, all this, yet he spares children. Like, I, I already know it's a, it's a trope, I'll get to that, but what did you think of how he just, like, that instance where he's like, don't kill the child. He kills the rest of them, but leave the child. And they're like, he's, she's going to die anyways, or whatever. But he doesn't want her to be killed by his men. That's, he's supposed to be evil. Like, why is evil sparing children? What do you think? You know, I really didn't know what to make of that. And, and it, it but when, when I saw that scene, uh, it made me wonder how they were going to tie up that loose end. You know, if we were going to come back and figure out you know, what happened to the baby or whatever. Yeah. But the only thing that I can tell is at the end of the movie, uh, when the Red Death is talking to those, you know, the other, other plagues deaths. and whatnot, yeah. he, he says, he names by name which people that he left alive. And that baby was not one of the people that he named at the end. So apparently, you know, as the story goes, the baby right did apparently die so but the little girl uh, yeah, that's a really hardcore theme yeah the little girl is the one he's sitting against the um yeah. tree playing with the tarot cards i guess tarot yeah. cards yeah in fact if you know maybe a sp bit of a spoiler here but uh if i remember correctly there were six people left alive which were basically uh francesca and her boyfriend uh, Hop Toad and Esmeralda, the dancers and the and the uh, jest jester, and uh, the little girl that he that the Red Death is talking to at the end of the movie, and then he said there's still an old man left alive in yep. the village, right? And that was it. Everybody else was dead. So again, it seems like the baby that was referenced earlier in the movie must have died too. Yeah. So again, yeah, man, really pretty hardcore themes, I would think, for 1964. Yep. That's, I mean, it, it's what helped make the movie what it was, though, so, obviously. You guys got anything else before I hit start hitting these tropes hard on? Uh, go for it. Yeah, got... I want to hear this, too. I'm, 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 in, I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying okay. here. All right. Um, one, one of them is called the Asshole Victim, and what that example of that, Prospero and the people staying in the castle aren't good people. Their responses to overwhelming human suffering is to hide themselves away and seal the doors so that the sight of the death won't disturb their happiness. This is also an example of another trope called aristocratic evil. Um, they're all aristocrats. Um, but they all die, so fuck them. So, <laughs> but yeah, asshole victim and aristocratic aristocratic evil, those are both tropes. Um, another one to do with Prospero is a bad boss. Whenever you see a bad boss for, like him forcing his guests to grovel while he humiliates them and whatnot, so there's always there's always a a bad boss in movies like this. Um, dark is evil, so Prospero is dressed in prominently black, and his castle is pretty dark itself, um, especially the exterior, obviously. So whenever you see dark is evil, that's a trope. Um, and then back to the little like, leaving the children alive. Evil has evil. Sorry, even evil has standards. So that that answers why he left the child alive. While he is villainous and everything, um, he has he has a set standard. Uh, and there's an instant expert. I already brought that up. 
Um, anytime there's a masquerade or a costume party, that means something's about to go down. Uh, as there was obviously a masquerade there. Um, there's several other there's, there's several other tropes in it, but those are big ones that I immediately picked up on. So that's what a trope is. It's a common reoccurrence that you see in these types of movies. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's good info. Oh yeah, and you know I guess I would I would mention uh, just the uh, the Red Death itself. You know the way it's described in the story and the way it's described in the movie. Um, it's uh, it's described as a disease. You know it's it spreads easily, spreads quickly, and when the onset of symptoms happens, uh, it's the pores of the skin open up as if you were sweating except you sweat blood, blood yeah. so it's, it's supposed to be like a hemorrhagic fever. Uh, the person's whole body starts to just pour bloody sweat and then die within about half an hour of, of the onset of those symptoms. So when, when it sets in, it's supposed to be a really quick death, too. It's pr pretty nasty. You know, I think about, like, modern uh, a modern horror movie that, that I was trying to think of that maybe compare it to or something, uh, made me kind of made me think of cabin fever. Mm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one. You know, they yeah. they basically start to break out in like a hemorrhagic uh, fever kind of thing, and yeah. blood all over the body, and you know, then they die quick. So, yeah, again, pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. Um, to piggyback off of that, can you? We already said it, kind of like somebody like Rob Zombie to remake this now. Can you imagine that? that visual right right, <laughs> right. yeah i mean it's, it's terrifying across the ages right i mean that's why people got interested again in this movie and this story during the spanish flu uh, or in the story in the spanish flu and then they got interested in in it again uh during this coronavirus pandemic and what i read about edgar Allan poe's uh uh you know what kind of gave him um uh, you know, wanting to, to make this story his incentive or, or his experience uh, uh, that apparently he had some some uh, sickness in his family. I forget which one of his relatives that uh, apparently had died of cholera. And, you know, of course, the plague was, you know, early 1800s, the plague was still a pretty big deal in the in people's minds, you know, right. um, hadn't been that long. So really since, you know, other people had experienced similar types of symptoms. So again, it just, you know, it goes to the, uh, to the classic nature of the story and, and the fact that humanity uh, keeps dealing with the same things, you know, all throughout history, there's been different pestilence and disease and whatnot. And, and it's been, you know, here it is again, the, uh, uh, the material for horror fiction, you know, it was, it, uh, it was popular horror fiction in the early 1800s and here it is again, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's something that sticks with humanity and it's scared us for a long time. Yep. <laughs> so what color do you think that, uh, coronavirus <coughs> highlight or yellow? I will say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I wanted to to hit this before we did the review, but it's all right. We'll do it. We'll do it now. Is, is there anybody want to say anything else about the movie itself? 
Adam? I don't think so. I covered it pretty good. Gotcha. Uh, I, I do want to say um, thanks for requesting this because I have never seen it. Um, maybe I would have came across it. I don't know, but I I was I was pleasantly pleased with the movie. I I said it before. I love everything horror, everything that had to do with death, pretty much. So that's that's my own sick sadistic side. But uh, so thanks, thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Um, I, I told you Kyle would come around. But uh, I want I wanted to do this before we started, but I'm gonna do it now. And Kyle doesn't know. You don't know what I'm doing. I did it intentionally. Since Halloween was yesterday, and since we've been reviewing all these horror movies, and we're going to continue that into November, um, 13 Ghosts is our next review, by the way. That drops next Saturday. Yeah, noon Eastern. Good pick, Kyle. Uh, but I, I want to see if us three can just collectively have a top 10 horror movie list. All time, I, all three of us just come up with a collective good 10 movies. We just off the top of the dome. Oh, we 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 don't have to choose ten each. We no, not no, no. Together. I want to do it collectively. Okay. Us us three okay. just come come to agreement. Yeah, let's put that on the top <laughs> ten. I mean, don't want to. I don't want it to take twenty minutes or anything. But I'll, I'll start us off. Uh, my brother Corey shits all over it in his review. He has his own podcast, TRG Network. He shit all over it. But Paranormal Activity, the first one. The rest of them are alright, but the first one is what I'm talking about. I, w- I want to put it on this top ten list. And Adam, I don't know if we watched it together or not, but when I first saw it, the very first time, we were deployed in Afghanistan yeah. in that 15-man tent. Um, I got a Haji copy of it. It was already released in the theaters or whatever, so I got the Hodge cop. Uh, but I watched it, and I legitimately felt like, is this real? Like, is this real footage that they finally actually captured and have it on a movie format? It wasn't until we got back from Afghanistan that I found out it was it was all just fucking acting. But I legitimately felt like that shit was real. So, Corey, if you're watching this, I don't care. Paranormal Activity is my top ten. I see it in theaters. You see it theater? Oh, God. I, I thought it was real because, you know, me, before, like, uh, Marvel started doing the thing where they play something after the credits... Yeah. As soon as, like, as soon as the credits start rolling, I'm already halfway down the stairs. So I didn't see the part where they said that it's fucking fake. So I was going around like, yo, I don't know if you guys seen Paranormal Activity or not, but that shit's real. Like, Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> Someone's like, nah, man, just look at the end of the movie. They tell you that it's all fake. I was, I mean, I was still like, I mean, shit, I was, they fooled me. <laughs> I thought it was a well-thought-out movie, in my opinion. Very, yeah. It, I mean, a very, very good movie. And, you know, and I have to say, I was... It, it, it would take a lot for me to like a movie like that just because I was really not a fan of the Blair Witch Project. Uh, I really don't care much for that kind of, like, reality camera... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not really my thing, but that paranormal activity, yeah, they did it right for right. sure. Yeah, I, I definitely say that one. That's a good one on the list. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you got ten and nine. So ten and nine. What are you talking about? Your top ten, right? Yeah, I said uh, our collective to us three to come up with with ten, and no no specific order either. I just I just want to give us. Okay. Go ahead. Thirteen ghosts is one of mine. Like, All right. I'm sorry, 
it's it's a phenomenal movie and like i said uh the end of the podcast uh for the shiny when i announced that that's what we're gonna watch i think netflix should pick it up and do a, a story on all 13 ghosts like for like each episode or two absolutely you say that's netflix you say Netflix, but I guess Hulu's doing their own things now. And I watched a Hulu the other night with my wife, a, a horror flick, and they did pretty good too. So Netflix or Hulu or us, we could do it. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus could do it. I don't care. Somebody do it. Like, yeah. But yeah, so Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth watching. You got you got to put the OG on there. So I I guess I can be the uh, the classic horror movie guy this time, and I'll reference back to an older one again. Uh, I am also besides a, a Poe and a um, and a Vincent Price fan. I'm I'm also into Hitchcock. I do like Ooh. Hitchcock, and uh, I just remember when I was a kid, the movie The Birds oh. uh, scared the ever loving piss out of me yep. when I was a kid. I remember when I would watch that movie, like the first time was absolutely horrifying, <laughs> but you know, like, and I watched it, like it would come on TV. It was a rerun quite a bit, you know, when I was a kid. And so it was on from time to time and I would usually watch it every time, it, you know, I saw it. And I just remember like every time I saw, saw that movie, the next time I'd go outside, I'd be paranoid as fuck, you know, looking around <laughs> the birds and shit. So, like that movie definitely scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So, you know, my hats off again to Hitchcock. You know, tip tip the hat to him again. He's still the master of horror. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say on the live, my wife said, "I'll spit on your grave." Two thousand and ten. That's what, that's her pick. <laughs> we'll we'll throw that in there. Cause now now we can both have three, and we'll have Britney's as the the tenth one. So you you've got Halloween and um. 13 Ghosts, I've said Paranormal Activity, we got Birds, so you got one more to throw in, Kyle. Adam, you got yeah. two. Yeah, Adam, throw one more in for us. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I guess one of the more... Um, more... No. Oh, no. I... No! We lost him! <laughs> you're, just, you're just echoing. Move. <laughs> Move. You there? Hey, hey, brother! If you if you can hear us, you're uh, you have to do that all over again because you're frozen and echoing. All right. Well, while we wait on him to come back, <laughs> um, I'll throw out throw out another one for me. Um, Hostel, the whole series. I love I love Hostel. I you know Kyle, I am a sick, twisted something's wrong with me in the head. I don't care what you want to say, but the Hostel movies were amazing. I love when people get their due justice and get sliced open and raped. I'll say it raped, not in real life, but in movies. I'm saying it right, but it's, uh, I guess I'll just have to rest, rest stop. I'm going to go change it up. Rest stop was one of mine. Did you ever see rest stop? Rest stop. 
I'm not. Hey, Adam, we lost you before you said your movie. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead, uh, go ahead and hit that. With, go ahead. A more modern movie that really was unsettling for me is you know as at this age it's kind of difficult for me to actually get scared of a horror movie, um, you know. But uh, Insidious was very unsettling to me. And I, I love that whole series, but that yeah. first movie of Insidious is—I just think it's great. Yes, agreed, agreed. And and again, you were talking about the musical score in Mask of the Red Death. Uh, obviously, that music in Insidious is—I mean, it—it it almost makes the movie. Yep, it's like Halloween. That that score from Halloween is like without yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes it iconic. So yeah, I agree. Uh, Did you guys do one while I was cut out, or? Yeah, I had mentioned I'm I'm a big big fan of the whole Hostel series. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm gonna throw Hostel one on there. And then he he couldn't remember what his was called, but you decided with rest stop. Yeah, because if I if I can't remember the name, then it wasn't that good. I think it was called Jennifer's Body, but I'm not sure. Oh, that's that's a movie. It's the one where the chick like gets raped by the guys and she gets revenged throughout the whole the rest of the movie. I think I think you're right. I think it's I think it's Jennifer's body. That's a really good fucking movie. Housekeeping for next week. <laughs> but rest rest stop was the one that I Okay, could think yeah, of. I I haven't seen Rest Stop, so you wanna just fill me in a little bit what that is? Uh pretty much there's just like they're at a rest area and this motherfucker yeah that's moving. scary already I don't like rest stops especially at night <laughs> no. alright like, it's close to home I, yeah I travel a lot so I always stop at rest areas so that's why I'm I try not to I don't want to die taking a shit that's my thing to do on a trip alright so we got uh, Halloween Paranormal Activity Birds Rest stop, hostel. Thirteen ghosts. Thirteen ghosts. I spit on your grave. I spit on your grave. Did you name three, Adam? Not yet. I got I got one more. I, I guess I would probably. Uh, I remember as a young adult, like not long after I got married. I remember. I think my my ex wife and I we went to uh, to see the ring in theaters. And the, the first time seeing The Ring was, that was another one that even as an adult, it was pretty unsettling. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. All right. Well, I guess that the, I'm the last one, right? You both, you both named three. I am going to go with, I've said it a couple times already, I love Rob Zombie, House of a Thousand Corpses. I can still watch that now. And I love that everybody dies. That's that what make, that's what makes the movie. No one lives. Captain Spaulding is beautiful. Uh, that House of a Thousand Corpses. So, so can, can I ask a question on that one? Yeah. So, uh, I, I would imagine you've also seen The Devil's Rejects. Then, so, yeah. Um, I mean, what's your comparison between it? Why would you choose one over the other, or, or what? How do you look at that? House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, okay. Let's just, let's put it this way. In my opinion, and I, I think it's universal, the the original is always better than the sequels. So I think that's one one instance right there. Like he tried to outdo himself. Don't get me wrong, love the Devil Rejects too. But I, and also another thing, I believe there's still survivors in Devil's Rejects, aren't there? 
So that right there, that's the nail in the coffin. One a thousand corpses, no one survives, <laughs> except for the villains, of course. So what? Which, which again, that goes back to an issue on the today's topic, the Mask of the Red Death. Again, in the nineteen sixty four movie, six people lived. In Edgar Allan Poe's original story, nobody lives. Edgar had it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, I was saying, I love Rob Zombie. Like, I love how he always, every movie his wife is in. Yeah. Like, when he remade Halloween, she's his mom as the ghost. You know what I mean? It's been a minute since I watched that, so, but I'm going to have to watch it again anyways, so. <laughs> yeah. And then some, somebody on the live, Dad, he said Amityville Horror. That's, that's another good one. Yeah. I, mean, I could list them for days, to be honest, but... Yeah, yeah. for sure, man. There's so many that, like, it, it's kind of doesn't do it justice to, you know, leave a lot of stuff off the list here. Right. I mean, a classic like that, like the original Amityville, Amityville Horror, I mean, that was a huge deal when it first came out. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another one like, a, like Psycho or, yep. you know, some of those, like the originals... They were a big deal. I mean, by today's standards, people might not think they're all that great, but when right. they came out, man, they were new stuff. And yep. They really turned a lot of heads back then, so, yeah. Oh, I do want to bring something up. I was watching Corey and Tommy's podcast, and I wanted to do some cleanup for them so that way they can hear this and be like, oh, shit. <laughs> so they were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And saying the they were saying the original it they liked it better, and the new it wasn't a remake of the old one, right? And oh, they I called it they that, called it remake. Yeah, they called it a remake. If you if you I'm I'm not 100 percent positive. I think it's like 26 years or something like that. But they're saying like I think in the movie, uh, Pennywise comes out every 26 years. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, oh, the, the okay. second It movie was made 26 years after the the first one. So, Hari, Tommy, it wasn't a remake. It was an addition. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that. I was thinking about it with movies, and I'm like... I had no idea, though. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I remember... Uh, I forget who it was that I seen on, like... Um, the Tonight Show or something, but they were talking about that, and people were kept calling it a remake. And he and he stopped and he said, "It's not a remake. Well, I mean, it's a sequel." <laughs> the the first one, the the original, if you want to call it original, was a mini series for television. Anyways, it it wasn't even a movie. It just it was a mini series on television. And these ones now are they were made for movie instead. So, but yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's tw- I think it's 26 years. That sounds right. Years. I feel like it was something different than that. Like it might be twenty-seven. Or, yeah, I forget. I'll have to we'll have to do it for housekeeping and let people know because. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we there there's so many horror movies. It's gonna like we talked about. We're going to review other movies besides just horror. Adam, in case you didn't know that, we are planning on doing some different things. I think we're going to bleed over in November and keep it horror that way. Uh, but then December we're going to switch it up and do some Christmas theme movies and such. But I'll be honest, it's going to be hard to come off the horror. I mean, <laughs> I would love to just keep doing horror, but we've already agreed to, to mix it up a little bit, so. we got I got a good way to blend 
uh, Halloween, like horror and Christmas together. There's a couple movies we could pick, so that'll blend it. And I don't think I think instead of starting in December, we should start in like mid November, like bleeding, over, like bleeding over into Christmas. So that way we gave all of October and half of November to Halloween or horror, and then half of November and all of December to Christmas, and then we can just pick off random movies, that, you know, as we do it. I don't know. That's that's funny you mentioned that. I was just thinking the other day. Like this time between Halloween and Christmas, that's usually when I'll go back and watch Nightmare Before Christmas again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be on there. I already know that my wife would kill me if I didn't suggest that one. So, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas, and then just to kind of be funny about it, Jack Frost. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's the horror. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's a Christmas movie that, that our sister will kill us if we don't review, so... Yeah, Eric, that's favorite movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but... Well, we went over the hour on the uh, anchor, so this part's going to be cut off, but it's all good. Um, thanks again, Adam, for suggesting the movie, and also special, special thanks for coming on here and, like I said, giving us some depth to this stuff, making the, the podcast actually intellectual rather than just us two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a fanboy too, man. So, and I, I really appreciate you uh, inviting me. I've got a big question for you, but but first, like, um, yeah, I do appreciate you having me on. The thing, you know, I know that I, I don't really know you, Kyle, but uh, but you know, served with your brother in the military, and I, you know, we were roommates for a while and whatnot. And I know he always has taken his creative projects seriously and, uh, and put a lot of passion and time into them. And I think, uh, the Halloween that we were in Italy together, I, I seem to remember kind of going all out, you know, like it was, yeah, I think you told me back then it was your favorite holiday if I yep. remember right. So, but, uh, and of course when I was, uh, I was playing drums for outlaw serenade, I remember, you know, we got to collaborate a little bit there too. And you used some of our, uh, audio tracks, on your yeah. uh, your lowrider video and stuff, so I sure did. Um, um, yeah, bro, man, I, I, it's it's been great. It's been great, dude. All this stuff, I enjoy this stuff too. So just thanks for letting me be a part of it. Awesome. Uh, I do have one big question for you, hold, though. Hold on, hold on, real quick. I just got to yeah. give a, a quick shout out. Yesterday, also, besides being Halloween, it was my brother and his wife's six year anniversary. Oh, look, hey, there. Michael Myers. Look there. at that. Uh, I want to give a shout out on our pod. Happy anniversary, Kyle and Brittany. Thank you. Yeah, happy anniversary. All right, shoot, shoot with that question. Oh. Well, I've I've got to know because you know I've seen some of your work before, so I've got to know when when is when is uh, the web fan? Uh, you know when are, when are you putting out another horror movie yourself? When are you are you are you going to film something soon or what? You know we we need some content here. <laughs> You, you want to address that, Kyle, or you want me to take it? Oh, take it, take it away. We've actually already began production um, on, I think I told you about Die Time. Did, you, did I ever let you watch Die Time? The one that me and yes. Kyle made? Okay, you did watch it. Okay. I can't yes. find the copy, unfortunately. But, um, so that was with minimal uh, education and basic equipment, and it was all right. 
Well, now we've got a lot better, a lot better education and a lot better equipment. So we've started already to basically remake that and do it right. We've modified it a little bit. Um, we've got a different lead character. Yeah, there we go. There's there's a little bit of production documents. Uh, we, on. The lead character, however, had a little hiccup. Um, that hiccup is taken care of. I don't know if he wants his business put out there, so I won't say anything. But uh, he had to. He went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got arrested. Um, Wait. <laughs> Love you, Steph. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're halting the production right now. Um, there's also a pool scene that we have to refilm. So it's getting too cold for that shit. But yes, yes, there is going to be a web production, and we're going to do it right. So yeah. Yeah. That's good news. I'm I'm really happy to hear that. I'll I'll be anxious to see it. <laughs> I can't wait. I, we've we've been having so much. We were just having so much fun with like the little bit that we did get to film that we actually had to refilm. But it was just fun to get out, get back out, and and do it again. So sure, it's. I'm stoked that you that you got to see the original. So <laughs> I did. I, if I remember right, I want to say that you uh, you made that when you were on leave uh, yeah. at some point, and then when you came back, uh, you had. You had a copy of it on your hard drive, I think, and we pulled it up on the laptop or something. Maybe HDMI it into the TV or whatever. But yeah, totally, man. That's that's what I was talking about. I'm I'm really happy to hear you're you're going forward with it again. Good. He got to see it before me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's cool. That's good to know. That was fun, man. <laughs> Phoenix Warrior, and uh, you can find this on lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. My name is Adam House, and uh, it's just a, it's a short book. It's got a lot of autobiographical information, but the, the gist of the book is, is really geared towards um, talking about post-traumatic stress disorder and you know coping with that and and moving on in your life uh dealing managing ptsd and uh you know some some things that i've come across over the years that's that's helped me with it quite a bit and then uh the the end of the book is my plan about how i would like to uh to use what i've learned to help other people and uh, i'm working on that right now you know of course the covid thing is kind of put a monkey wrench in the works for for me on that as well as a lot of people all over the world this year but um you know i, I went to uh, thailand and i went to the muay thai academy for a couple of years in bangkok and i graduated uh with my license from the thai government to teach muay thai okay. uh so i'm yeah i'm a licensed muay thai crew and i can uh, open a school anywhere in the world and it'll be accredited by the Thai Ministry of Education, and I want to use that to uh, to host clinics, Muay Thai clinics, camps, uh, retreats for people with uh, post traumatic stress. And uh, I was working on that before COVID started, and uh, like I say, that's kind of on freeze right now. But it's it's still a passion of mine, 
and uh, I, I still want to do it. And again, this this book kind of outlines where I've come from and, and what I want to do and how I want to help. So uh, that's that's all I've got, man. Thanks for letting me do that. No problem. Operation Phoenix Warrior. Operation Phoenix Warrior. And it's on lulu.com. Lulu.com. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I clarify that for for the. Uh, I mean, I'm still live on Facebook, so I got I got my phone right here, just filming like the top three pictures over here. Yep. So right on. That way, it's clear for everybody, so that way they know because you know you know how the internet is. <laughs> Uh, also, if anybody's interested, I also did a limited series podcast over the summer this year. Uh, it's called On Liberty, and you can find it on YouTube. And uh, let's see, my co-host put it on another platform right now, but off the top of my head, I can't remember if it was Anchor or Spotify or what. <laughs> but uh, maybe use my name to help find it, Adam House, and the other guy's name is Adam Wade. He's also a, um, a combat veteran, uh, Navy veteran. So we had an Army veteran and a Navy veteran doing a podcast. It's like seven or eight episodes that we did, limited series. So, yeah, enjoy that, too, if you can find On Liberty. Yeah, I've, I've got the book. It's a good read. Uh, I'm definitely going to check out that podcast then because I didn't know about that. So Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug our Instagram real quick. It's at Two Bros in a Review. Just got to try to put, like, pretty much saturate the lives and the podcasts with that so people go on to Instagram and follow us and the link for our podcast is actually in the bio so people can easily find the podcast and listen to it and then I've got uh, the stories of our lives podcast uh, same thing links in the bio so if you want to actually listen to some crazy stories from my life and my my buddy Seth's my brother is what I, we always call each other. I've known since I was three years old or some shit. Wow. But nice. Yeah, so we, we talk. I mean, everybody keeps asking us to bring him back, and Seth and I were talking about it literally before we went and started this right here, and we're going to try and get back to it here soon and bring some more new stories fresh to everybody. Good. So, Good. Nathan listened to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love it. And even if you don't. Like, if you don't know what they're talking about, like, if you're a person that's never met my brother, if you just listen to it and put yourself in that situation, it's it's so good. I, I find myself laughing my ass off, so. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we, got, we got to plug the TGR, TRG Network. Go ahead, Kyle. I'll let you take that. All right. TRG Network, that is uh, Those Random Guys. It's my little brother, our little brother, Corey, and his uh, little friend, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> They're fucking hilarious. Uh, they do it on YouTube and do uh, Anchor. I'm not sure if it's do Anchor. I think it's uh, just look on the Apple Podcast. That's all I can say. So, yeah, it's a great podcast. It's hilarious. The, one of the recent ones, they talked about Halloween movies also. They gave a bunch of their uh, ratings and stuff. That's where my fuck you to them about paranormal activity came from. But also, also uh <laughs> Check out their one about uh, the two presidential candidates scrap fighting and who would win. I think you'll get a good laugh. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. That'd be good. Did you see? So apparently there were a lot of people that were uh, sending messages to Joe Rogan 
saying that he should moderate debate between Trump and Biden. You know, and he, like he was getting, he was having to answer questions because he was getting so much. You know, uh, people really wanted him to do it, and so. But then during the first Trump Biden debate, uh, he had tweeted out or put it on Instagram, maybe both, one or the other, and said, "You know, y'all don't, y'all don't need me to moderate a debate between these two. You need Big Joe McCarthy <laughs> getting in from the UFC, getting in there, separating these two. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only thing that I personally had to plug, um, you asked last week, Kyle, if I want to do my Instagram. I don't, um, but I do. I think I should plug my my YouTube channel. I need some viewers on that. It's it's free to support us, guys. Check out our, our Instagram, Two Bros and a Review, but also check out my YouTube channel. Um, search for High Society Productions. It's my goofy ass wearing a High Society hat like this. I think. Um, yeah, check that out and watch my videos. I do vlogs and or like travel vlogs and different things. I'm going to eventually upload the audio for all our these podcasts on there too. But uh, of course, you, go ahead. You have, you have one more plug. I have one more plug? Yes, we're on Facebook Live. You got to plug Erica. Oh, hey, yeah. Good, good. We're, yeah. <laughs> so my wife, she does uh, signs and um, a lot of custom work like that so if you want a welcome sign a porch sign a sign for your wedding anything you can think of with with vinyl or chalk or any of that kind of stuff we we dabble in it all i help her a little bit but it's ultimately her her uh her company um expressive designs by erica webb i believe is what it's called is she on right now she she's supposed to be at work <laughs> She's watching, so hopefully she'll comment and I can let you I can relay it. I'm pretty sure it's expressive designs by Erica Webb. Um so go go check that out or message me and I can link you up with her. But yeah, she she's really creative. She has a lot of cool stuff. Um and then we've got our company High Society, we do mini trucking stuff and Ladies of Lifestyle, she started that. It's all about the women of mini trucking. So yeah, check out all those things. I don't wanna plug too much of this kind of stuff, but I guess you, we can for this. this you one. said yes, is, that's correct. <laughs> See? Um, <laughs> and then just the last thing, um, again, to reiterate, please go to Apple Podcasts, that little purple icon, and scroll down, write a review for us, give us five stars. Um, it helps us climb the charts, help us, helps us get us out there. Look at this guy, put on the mask again. Um, <laughs> yeah, go do that. And of course, listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever wherever else. Let us know what platform you listen to. If, it's, if we're not there, we'll get us on there. So I guess we're all putting our masks on again, but I'm just going to hold mine up. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm out of here. Uh, I'm Kyle Webb. I'm his brother Nathan Webb. And our guest... Adam House, thanks there. for having me, guys. Yeah, thank thank you for thank you for your input. Thanks for everything. We really appreciate the feedback you give every week. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Again, two bros in a review. Follow us on Instagram. Share, comment, go to Apple Podcast, leave a review. Thank you guys so much. Happy Halloween, bitches. Happy Halloween. <laughs>